Hey, welcome to episode 90 of Tangible Takeaways. I'm Jackson, and today I'm going to be talking about how when it comes to friendship, it's not just caution, but it's also confidence. And I'm Todd, and I'm going to talk about how much easier it is to pull someone off the chair than to pull someone up onto it. All that and more on this episode of Tangible Takeaways. Pastor Todd, thanks for taking the time. Man, I'm so glad to be here with you today. Thanks yeah, for the invite. Appreciate it. Yeah. Um, fun getting to dive into the theme of friendship in Proverbs. Kind of an underrated theme in mm-hmm. the book. Mm-hmm. What was kind of your in going through a series on Proverbs? What was it about the kind of discussion about friendship that led you to be like, oh, we should talk about that when we're in Proverbs? Yeah, we were kind of, you know, Pastor Kurt does a great job uh, usually on these kind of series developing the themes or topics and he had done a great job and I was looking at one that didn't make as much sense so he and I talked about it and I thought that this theme of friendship though I just remembered and reading the Proverbs before there's so much about both maybe the kinds of friends friend to be as well as who to steer clear from Mm. and so it just seemed like a real dominant concept And, and to be fair when you think about the book's authorship again being father to son we talked a lot about that growing up and i think most families do like let's talk about the importance of developing good friends and any parent knows because that is who is going to have a deep connection of influence in my son or daughter's life and as they get older into those teenagers, probably even more than a parent. Yeah. So it's like this really is important stuff. So I think it just kind of makes sense when you see that Proverbs authorship is this father to son relationship. Why would a dad not want to spend some good ink on be careful of the kinds of friends that you invite into your life and be thoughtful of the kind of friend you're supposed to be? Yeah. You know, so. yeah. I think it just kind of makes sense when you think about it. And that does seem to be a really kind of interesting theme in Proverbs is a lot of care over the kind of people that you hang out with. And it's really, I think it's an interesting thing about wisdom that there is lots about Proverbs on certain topics. I'm gearing up to talk about sexuality in a few weeks. You talk about bad influences. Um, I think we almost think of wisdom as kind of this like, invincibility or when you think about wise people you just think they're pretty unshakable and so you wouldn't think that a primary message in a book all about wisdom would be about avoiding Mm. quite a few things you generally think of it as more confident more secure more stable but this is like if i hang out with the wrong people there is going to be a consequence there will be a price to pay down the road and so i'm vigilant about that and similar, a very similar message about sexuality throughout the book as well. So why do you think that is the, the posture of wisdom is in some areas caution, other areas a lot of confidence, but yeah. some areas caution, and specifically in the area of friendship? Yeah, no, it's a great question. I think, you know, what I see so much, I, we tend to have the lenses that we put on when we see scripture. And one of the just I think um, approaches that I have to scripture is that often a concept like let's say this about friendship will have both a disengage and an engage aspect Mm. and so on the engage side it would be 
pursue those kinds of people or be that kind of friend. But on the disengagement, same topic, but the disengagement, half of it is, but avoid these influences or avoid becoming, letting those qualities rub off on you. So it's this interesting thing that I feel like most concepts in scripture, there's, it's not always equal, but at least they're represented. Here's something about that to do. Mm. And here's something about that to stay away from. But to your point, I think that it's a great reminder that on a, in a fallen world, nobody's invincible hmm. with a, a sinful nature that we're born with from the very beginning at conception to the ways we simply live that out day in and day out. The reality is, is that no matter how wise the human being is, they're still a fallen human being. Case in point, Solomon. Yeah, that's the great <laughs> irony of the whole book. <laughs> Is when you read the rest of the story and you realize the, the failures that he had in his own life, you realize wisdom, though it might have been there intellectually and, and even you know evidentiary in his life, there were some huge blind spots that he just kind of walked along like, is that a problem? And if anyone had the guts, it would have told him, I can't believe you can't see that's a problem. Yeah. So I just think it um, it comes down to it's a good reminder that nobody's invincible. It's a good mm -hmm. reminder that even human wisdom in a fallen world isn't even, I would agree with your understanding of it, like meaning that's how a lot of us think of it. I have thought of it that way. There's a wise person. They're so stable. They're so dialed in. They're so unshakable. Yeah, they're definitely not like, ooh, don't get me in this context or whatever. They're not yeah. being cautious yeah. as much as yeah. generally not that how confidence we think of them. versus caution. Yeah, but I think that's a great way to remember, though, and even be mindful that caution itself is a layer of wisdom, and uh, yeah. you know, it just is reminding us that we don't our lives have more pitfalls in them than we would expect. And I do need to walk in a wary and aware way. Yeah. You know, and the great irony is the two predominant notes of caution throughout Proverbs are related to friendship, relationships, and sexuality. The two areas that Solomon was not cautious yeah. and ultimately swayed him, um, to, to turn away from God. And so, what is it, I mean, we'll unpack later in the series kind of what's so powerful about sexuality and even in upcoming teaching series as well. What is it about relationships or friendship that is so powerful that, again, if we think about wisdom is just walking at God's cadence, understanding that there is a rhythm to which he has created life. And so I'm going to walk in a fear of him, a respect, understanding that he's developed a rhythm and I want to walk in pace with that. If that's what wisdom is and it recognizes that there's deep caution that's needed at the power of relationships, why is it that relationships are so powerful in their kind of influence over us? Yeah. I think it comes down to, you know, what, what are some of the adages we tend to live by things like you are what you eat. I think that for at least your mom and I, we recognized in, in part, you are who you hang out with mm. because it's just impossible to have shared events, shared things in common, shared experiences without 
that person rubbing off on you. And, and as equally as we should be cautious, we should also say back to the engaged side. And that's why you should fill your life with people who love God, who are going to encourage you towards loving him more than you do today. Yeah. And so it, it works both directions, right? The caution is appropriate because the more that I spend time with someone, the more I do take on their attitudes, their behaviors, their just worldview. Conversely, the more I spend time with someone positively, I take on their attitudes, their actions, and their worldview. So it's like how I'm going to spend my time with people is going to have a direct relationship to my walk with the Lord. That community, that connection, it bleeds over into my life and it affects my my kind of relationship to not just God, but to my world. Mm. And so therefore I, I need to, so we've talked forever, right, about peer pressure, but we've never really talked about enough both directions. Obviously, I can have people in my life that would encourage me. I shared a few examples of those this weekend. Encourage me towards things that are not honoring to God. And those are relationships to kind of back away from. But then those that would encourage me towards God, interestingly enough, with the same energy and intent, I need to back away from some relationships. I need to move towards. Like I could say, oh, I really want to have those kinds of friends but I keep hanging out in all the places where they're not. Yeah. <laughs> I really want to have those kinds of friends, but the ones I do know I don't pursue. And so it's like magically waiting for them to come to me and maybe even at the same time as pursuing friendships that I know are going to end in trouble mm. and if distance from God. So it's like there is a, a real... Um, Th this idea is more than just theory and it's even more than just how I think it's how I act mm. it's very behavior based yeah and you really do you rise or fall to the kind of company that you're in and I think that's the um, the thing that we don't recognize when we look at the wise person and we do we see there's a reason that we attribute that stability and that confidence to that person because they seem unshakable, but behind every person that seems unshakable is a community of people who have instilled that in them, who have reinforced that, is mentors that have gone before them and people who have done life with them that have continued to reinforce all of the right things that has brought them to a point of such stability. And thinking that like we're just going to happen upon that and get to like live life so stably and confidently like a wise person does without embracing the path that they took to get there, yeah. which it's kind of always, it's that thing with so many other areas in life. You look at really wealthy CEOs and it's like, oh, I could do what they're doing. You look at professional athletes and it's like, oh, I could do what they're doing. And it's like, you're completely disregarding the path that was taken yeah. to get there. And so understanding there is, there's community that has formed and shaped that wise person along the way. It didn't just happen overnight. Yeah, you're right. We do lose sight of that. And I think within this whole, you know, concept of context of relationship and influence, you know, it's a, it's a great youth pastor, um, illustration, but it doesn't lose anything on us. And it's the idea that if you and I are here and we have like a stool um, in front of us. And if I were to stand up on the stool and then ask and grab your hand and try to pull you up to me, I can, I can do whatever I can with that strength, but gravity's working against me 
and the idea of even just that do i have enough strength to pull you up onto that those are all factors but reverse it i'm up on the stool you're on the ground and you're just trying and your goal is to pull me down it takes just a quick tug and i'm off that thing that fast yeah because again now gravity's working the opposite way against me and uh and i'm more vulnerable right yeah. and so i just think it comes back to and, and this is the interesting thing as followers of christ we're called to an entirely different life while we live in a fallen world that hasn't changed a bit. It's and the gravity of our world is pulling us Pulling us it. down all the time, even if we don't interact with anybody. Yeah. Then our friendships all the more. And I had a good text conversation after the message this weekend about, well, am I just not called to love people then? And like, obviously, no, we are that. But I think there's a difference between how I love someone and I continue to reach towards them, wanting to be a person of Jesus' influence in their life. But then also, but who do I open the gate to, to really have that kind of influence on me? Yeah. I do think influence can be primarily one direction. It doesn't have to be mutual. The best friendships are when they are. Yeah. But the point is, is that, so there's a difference maybe between having someone at an acquaintance level that I am praying for, I'm investing, I'm influencing, but then there's a difference between this is like a solid friend in my life who has a unique access to me. Mm. And I would just say from Proverbs and from the rest of scripture, I don't think that should be someone that God is, that doesn't have a walk with the Lord or is even antagonistic to the Lord. And I just go, well, but we've been friends since we were in junior high. Well, okay, that's great. But what is that level of influence like in your life as a result of them having that proximity to you? And I, yeah, and that recognizes with humility that it takes a high degree of intentionality in our world to live life at God's rhythm, at his pace. It just takes that level of intentionality that you have to be so specific about the things, the content, the media that you allow into your life, the people that you allow into your life. And again, it's not, it's all that behind the gate stuff, right? That was kind of that great, um, you know, insight into the Hebrew wording there that uh, Pastor Kurt gave us in his message. It's, you know, the oblivious fool that the gate's just wide open for anyone and everyone to kind of walk through. And it's, I, I don't think the, you know, when you talk about that idea of being in the world, but not of the world, it's not as though we're trying to run away from the fact that our world is secular, but am I just opening up the gate for every person with a great idea in our world to speak in and to offer the same level of influence into my life as I would a pastor, as I would a trusted friend that we're walking in the same direction towards Christ. Well, no, I have to be really intentional about what those things are. So it's not that I'm never going to be in an environment that I see a secular movie or I hear a secular song or that I won't even engage with those things to have even some cultural understanding of what's going on. But it's, am I allowing that thing to tell me this is how life is? This is yeah. how I live life. Am I allowing it to take a seat of influence in my life? Or am I using that filter, that gate, and that guard? And I think we have to be so, there's, in humility, we recognize there has to be such a level of intentionality to that decision as to what gets past that gate. Totally. And I think to the, to the side of the value and the power of strong connected, committed Christian friendship, man, there would be some who'd be listening today who would say, 
I, I don't know. I, I have so much fun with my friends. I don't want to sit around and just do a Bible study with people and like that's that's what the equation is to yeah. Christian friendship. And I'll just tell you there's just such a value when somebody is walking in the same direction you are in terms of a, a pursuit to know and follow Christ, you have the most important thing in common, not just out riding dirt bikes or drinking on Fridays or whatever. You have the most important thing in common, that's your relationship with Christ. And the way that you're able to encourage one another, the way you're able to have an empathy for one another, the way you're able to spur one another on that towards good things rather than just things, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, I think there's some who would back away from that kind of friendship, fearful that it'll be lame, fearful that it'll just be kind of nerdy, fearful that it'll just be so, quote, religious. It won't really be any fun. And I would just say, man, I, over the years, God has blessed me some really deep, connected friendships with mm -hmm. other guys that love Jesus and have encouraged me in my walk. They've challenged me in my walk. They've been examples to me that I could follow in my walk. And I would just say there's there's just something so much more rich about a godly friend that you can do life with than anything over here that we would confuse. Well, this is where fun is. Yep. I'd say, well, at best, this is where distraction is. That's sure. But this is where meaning is. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing to go after. And a super underrated thing about friends who are believers is it's not, I think, the mistaken interpretation or understanding is that it's all super serious all mm -hmm. the time and it's like we're just opening up God's word all the time and digging into it it's like man when you know that that person has a shared biblical ethic then you can really let down with that person you can trust them in ways that you can't trust your your other friends who you don't know if they have your best in mind yeah. there is a level of trust that actually lets you really let your hair down be yourself and enjoy that relationship on a different level because you know that they're for you you know that they have your best in mind so i'd argue they're more fun like mm. it's more fun hanging out with them because yeah, who you can be yeah with them. exactly the yeah. relationship runs deeper and similarly to this power of relationship we talked about really our angle as a as a church when it comes to um, evangelism through relationships and the ability for us to, it's almost kind of two steps, right? Am I being intentional about who I'm letting influence me relationally? But then beyond that, am I being intentional yeah. in making sure that I'm in a, in a seat, in a position of influence with other people yeah. as well? Yeah. And so it's kind of evaluating those two things. So there is deep power also in us being the influencers of people in our lives. Mm -hmm. And uh, what are some of the kind of things that you have seen be true in this oikocentric philosophy in just the deep power of friendship and relationship to reach people for Christ? Yeah, I would say in some ways, and this is a really key thing, we can easily just take for granted or just step over and forget about it's always keeping in mind that that friend right either it could be a surface just kind of shallow friendship but there's someone God's put in my life and it's easy for me to shift as I think more missionally to make them a project mm -hmm. they're a thing they're a, a thing that needs to be quote won over versus they're an image bearer of God with great value inherently as well as 
the way that they're going to see God's love through me is primarily when I'm valuing who they are, mm. not simply what they mm. can be. And so, you know, in a great way, it actually drives me back to the meaning of friendship. They're not something that's a, a commodity. It's a person that God deeply loves. God's put into my life so I can deeply love. And then I think this happens. I think what they begin to see when if there's someone who has no context for the gospel, not walking with the Lord, what are their friendships is they're back over here. They're based on mutual activities. They're based on mutual proximity. They're in the same workspace or whatever. Even what you can do for me. Yeah, yeah I'm even using you or you using me. But then they encounter a friend in the way that um, Proverbs is identified. And, and again, the challenge at that point is still the most important thing isn't in common yet, but they see the, the um, character of what a sacrificial friend is like, where it's not primarily what I can get from you, but what I can be for you. And, and they start to see someone genuinely care for them. They start to see someone generally be more concerned with their well-being than simply them feeling good. Mm. And it's like, I care enough about you to encourage you. You're not gonna feel good about that decision tomorrow. Yeah. Let's do this, you know? And, and so all of those things combined, I think biblical godly friendship is huge in the winsome factor, huge in the, the ultimate consummate influence for the gospel is that people are, are just interacting with someone, they would go, that's just like a genuine friend. And I don't really have many of those. Mm. I've got a lot of surface relationships, or a lot of acquaintances, or a lot of people who act friendly because they want something from mm. me. But this person over here, uh, uh, someone who's connected and a part of HDC, they, they just tend to be my friend without necessarily any of those extra or, or, or surfacey things in the way. Yeah. And I go, man, what a great um, evidence of a changed life is the kind of friend that I can be yeah. to someone else. And that's the, the winsomeness is when they can really believe, not because we're presenting any falsehood, but it's really true. This person really genuinely cares for my well-being, yeah. cares for my best. And when they have that level of trust in you, and then it's like, well, man, I we're talking about your best the best thing that's ever happened to me in my life is giving my life to christ there is a whole different level of trust in that advice and in that directing of a person yeah. when there is a foundation that has already been built relationally that they know that you love them they know that you care for them they know that you trust them and it's this kind of really weird tension that i think people have a really hard time about when they get serious with their faith with god is okay, I've, I've put my faith in Jesus. I'm getting serious about this. So my first thought is, so I need to go cut all my relationships with my old friends. And it's like, no, no, no. It's this like kind of weird line. You want to start being influential with them and start allowing influence from other relationships. Find small group, get plugged in in a ministry or whatever, and allow that group of people to have influence in your life but then you want to be influential in these people's sure. lives and you want to be giving to them again like you said which is so good for us not as a project not as somebody uh, that i'm just out to win but somebody that i really want to care for i really want to invest in and demonstrate the love of christ in doing that because 
there is no other friend that is doing that for them. Yeah. It will just stick out like a sore thumb because nobody loves that way. Nobody operates that way outside of experiencing the love of Christ and allowing that to transform and change the way that they interact with people. So just as much caution as there is for what can happen in relationships influencing us, there is equally that much power in reaching people through relationships. And uh, I think when we are genuine about our care for people, that is a, a dynamic and a powerful tool for the gospel. Yeah. No, amen. And, and I think that's one of the things, right? When we just, Pastor Tom, for years, asked people what was influential in them coming to Christ, it's most often 90 plus percent of the time it was another person that God used. And, and true to form, some of those persons, they definitely modeled something about Christ or some winsomeness, but how many times are those people who were close friends? And, and there was something about not just the friendship, but something that they had noticed was transformed or transforming in their own life and that other person's life and realizing, man, I, I, I'm, I'm missing out. Mm. That's something that I, I see validated in my friend and the way that they treat and love me, but it's sure not true in my life. I want to know what that's about. Yeah. And so I do, I think it's just this huge part of what I love about what God's called us to, he's called every church to, I believe, to be more oikocentric than they might even be today. But it's embracing and wrapping in that truth of the great news of God's rescue in a relational, incarnational context. And I just go, that just makes sense to me that that would be the design of God. Not that everyone comes to Christ, there's outliers that come to Christ different ways, but the overwhelming majority and what I think scripture shows is that there is this thing encased in the context of relationship. This is how the gospel travels from one person to the next. Yeah. And it is. It's just what we said at the beginning. It's that disengage and engage. It's caution and confidence. Yeah. It's both. It's not one extreme one. where we live in <clears throat> fear or we live so cavalierly. It's this tension that we have to live in of Man, I want to be cautious about who influences me, but I want to be confidently seeking to influence those people in my workplace, friendships, family who don't yet know Christ in the way that I love them. Yeah. So, man, thank you. Appreciate the You're time. You're welcome. Love yeah. it. Love getting to talk on this topic. Yeah. And uh, if you got a tangible takeaway coming out of Pastor Todd's message this weekend, don't forget to drop that there in the comments. As always, don't forget to like the video and subscribe so that you get future updates about videos as well. That's all we got for this week. We'll catch you guys next week on Tangible Takeaways.